We are live. It is Monday here on Soundcast FM. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton. Very rainy Monday. Monday afternoon here in Brooklyn, New York. It's interesting because it's raining. It's, you know, it's that kind of muggy weather. But it's, a, it's what is it? Well, not even April. I'm already excited for April. It's, it's March. That crazy March weather that you only get when you might get a little bit of a snow one week sunny 70 degrees another week and now we get the rain should clear up a little bit later but who knows speaking of rain I mean I don't want to rain on a lot of people's parades but it's only fun that I do the North Carolina Tar Heels my team of choice my team that you know, I, I've been talking about forever, basically. They're going to the Final Four. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited, but at the same time, it's like, it's expected. You're number one seed. The target is always on your back. And I'm just really proud of the way the seniors stepped up. Bryce Johnson, Marcus Page... The great Marcus Page, for those that are not believers, all the non-believers out there. He may have just played himself into a, uh, you know, a possible first-round pick. I'm just throwing it out there. I know a lot of people are not going to agree with me on it, but hey. He was that good in the tournament. That game against Indiana, it was so much, so much fear going into that game for a lot of North Carolina fans, including myself, because of how good Indiana really is. To see North Carolina take care of business the way they did. That's really what it's all about. Just like I said, a great job all around by the coaching staff. A great job by the players. They're going to be taking on another team that you have to give you pretty much hats off. Because I, I had them left for dead at the end of the uh, first, I think it was the first game of the ACC tournament a few weeks ago. The Syracuse, the Syracuse Orange are in the Final Four. It, it's weird. It's like, this is a team that I was just ranting on, saying they shouldn't have made the playoffs, and, I mean, the uh, tournament, I should say. And they're in the Final Four. They got hot at the right time. I mean, what a, what a lot of great individual performances in this tournament. You know, you talk about the situation with Syracuse. It's just how they, they just, as a 10 seed, mind you, this is a number 10 seed. No one in their right mind, unless you went to Syracuse and, and are a diehard Syracuse fan, pick Syracuse 
to do what they did. They were down 15 in this game against Virginia. Number one Virginia. A lot of people chose Virginia to win the whole thing as well. And somehow, some way, they found a way to come back and win this thing. I mean, obviously, a lot of it goes to Malachi Richardson. 23 points in the game, 21 in the second half. That's amazing. I was watching it the whole time, and, you know, I'm looking at the score, especially at halftime. I felt like Virginia had it in hand. It didn't seem like Syracuse had enough to beat a team like this. This is a very good team of Virginia. But there you have it. It's, you also got to remember, these both these teams are in the ACC. So they, there's a familiarity with each other. I mean, if you play them about two or three times a year. It's, it's that type of, I guess, that familiar feeling where Syracuse knew this team. They knew he could come back on them. And, you know, they pulled it off. I, I'm Like I said, hats off to Jim Beheim. Um, the, the type of stuff they went through last year with the sanctions and the the uh, one-year um, self-imposed ban from the tournament, a lot of teams don't come back from that in college basketball because of recruiting situations. Because think about it, if you're a top prospect, why would you want to go to a team that wasn't even in a tournament because they had, you know, issues going on legally and, and a lot of foul play that was allegedly being said in terms of the academics? Because you want to be seen, of course, you know? That's the whole point. If you if you feel like you're a top prospect. But uh, Syracuse found a way to get guys to stick around. Um, I was following on Twitter. So, uh, apparently, everybody becomes a Syracuse fan in New York area. New York City area, I should say. Just overnight. I, I see so many like, oh, Orange, let's go Orange. Let's go Syracuse. All these people like now uh, out of the closet, Syracuse fans. Don't get me wrong, magical ride. Great stuff. But were you a fan when they got knocked down in the first round of the ACC tournament? Those are the questions I ask. That's To me, that's the real fans. Those are the people that you have to ask, okay, where were you when all this was happening? Look at the other side of bracket. We had some other upsets. How about Villanova? The Villanova Wildcats are in the Final Four again. And I say this with such sarcasm for the simple fact that a lot of people had them doing what they usually do, and that's getting knocked out second round. But not only did they prove that they were a better team than those past years, they knocked off the number one overall seed in the tournament, Kansas. Kansas was the consensus number one overall seed. We're not going to see Perry Ellis. He's done. He'll graduate. Probably uh, find, him, find him somewhere in the draft. I think he'll get drafted. He's a good player. But how about Villanova? Just a shocker. That, to me, was a bigger shocker than Syracuse taking on, beating down Virginia, I should say. When I look at that situation... And I, I talk about the coaching all the time. You have to have 
some type of guts to do some of the stuff Villanova did against Kansas. They were very aggressive the entire game. And I don't think Kansas has faced a team that was that, that was really just going at them. I mean, they attacked. They uh, neutralized a lot of their top talent. And when you do that, you know, odds are you're going to win. And I sound very, like, John Madden-y right here. Like, you know, if you score more boards, you're going to win. That's just the way it is. I mean, they beat them in every basic, basic fashion of the game. But definitely, like I said, a great win for the program. They're going to move on. They're number two seed, so I can't call it a huge upset. But it was still an upset. Because I, I didn't have Villanova make it a Final Four. Didn't have it. I had Kansas and North Carolina in the finals. Not going to happen now. It's it's just going to be a very, very interesting matchup, especially with the guy from Oklahoma. This guy named Buddy. This guy, Buddy, has everybody talking in the tournament. Possibly a guy that could be number one pick in the um, draft this year, the way he's playing. He got so hot in that game. And the funny thing is he thinks Kobe Bryant. The great Kobe Bryant was at the game when he went off on Oregon. And he thinks that he thinks Kobe. He said, if Kobe's in the building, I got to play well. Can't be mad at the guy. Just, like I said, incredible performances, left and right. The the main thing that I love, this so far has been the best tournament I've seen in a long time. Just want to put that out there. This final four matchups, they're going to be a lot of fun. Because Syracuse is going to come in with a lot of hype, a lot of energy. You know, they feel good. They're going against North Carolina, who now are the new favorites. For everybody else. There's going to be the discussion of how do they handle Marcus Page. How do they handle Bryce Johnson. Does Syracuse have enough magic left up their sleeves? Or what about Buddy versus Villanova? Let's be honest with you. It's Buddy versus Villanova. I mean, if they can stop that guy from scoring more than 30, they might have a chance. But it's not easy. The guy's obviously a machine when he gets the ball. Like I said, guys, it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of great stuff. I'm, gonna get, I'm actually going to play some highlights a little bit later in the show. Just so you guys got a feel if you just happen to miss some of those games. Just to get a feel for all the excitement that was going on during that time. Because it was another exciting weekend. Looking forward to next weekend. National championship game coming up. And just another shout out to Syracuse. Because not only is the men's team in the, in the Final Four, so is their women's program. So both basketball programs are in the Final Four at the same time. Now that's cool. What also is cool is uh, you guys giving, giving me a call, 516-900-2278. Once again, it's 516-900-2278. At Ed Easton Jr. is the Twitter. And I'm hearing this whole thing about Instagram, you know, changing their policy. I don't know if you guys saw that. 
talking about how you have to have notifications set up a certain way or you're not going to be able to get pictures in a chronological order. And I, I don't know. It's Sometimes some things are just better off not changed and, you know, and it, it, it just ruins it for a lot of people. So a lot of DJs, a lot of promoters, a lot of Instagram models, they are definitely doing their, their part in trying to keep their fan base together. And I wish you be- I wish you the best of luck. That's all I can say. I'll be right back. Sports Social at Easton. You know, parents are the same no matter time, no place. They don't understand that us kids are going to make some mistakes. So to you other kids all across the land, there's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. One year, my mom took me school shopping. It was me, my brother, my mom, oh, my pop, and my little sister all hopped in the car. We headed downtown to the gallery mall. My mom started bugging with the clothes she chose. I didn't say nothing at first. I just turned to my nose. She said, what's wrong? This shirt costs $20. I said, mom, the shirt is plaid with a butterfly collar. The next half hour was the same old thing. My mother buying me clothes from 1963, and then she lost her mind and did the ultimate. I asked her for Adidas and she bought me zips. I said, Mom, what are you doing? You ruined my rap. She said, you're only 16. You don't have a rap yet. I said, Mom, let's put these clothes back, please. She said, no. You go to school to learn, not for a fashion show. I said, this isn't shining up. Come on, Mom, I'm not Bowser. Mom, please put back the bell bottom Brady one's trousers. But if you don't want to, I can live with that. But you got to put back the double-knit reversible slacks. She wasn't with it. Everything stayed the same. Inevitably, the first day of school came. I thought I could get over. I tried to play sick, but my mom said, no, no way. Uh-uh. Forget it. There was nothing I could do. I tried to relax. I got dressed up in those ancient artifacts. And when I walked into school, it was just as I thought. The kids were cracking up, laughing at the clothes mom bought. And those who weren't laughing still had a ball. Because they were pointing and whispering as I walked down the hall. Like I home and told my mom how my day went. She said, if they were laughing, you don't need them. Because they're not good friends. For the next six hours, I tried to explain to my mom that I was going to have to go through this about 200 more times. So to you other kids all across the land, there's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. Okay, here's the situation. My parents went away on a week's vacation and they left the keys to the brand new porch. They mine. Mm, well, of course not. I'll just take it for a little spin and maybe show it off to a couple of friends. I'll just cruise it around the neighborhood. Well, maybe I should. Yeah, of course I should. Pay attention, here's the thick of the plot. I pulled up to the corner at the end of my block. And that's when I saw this beautiful girly girl walking. I picked up my car phone to perpetrate like I was talking. You should have seen this girl's bodily dimensions. I honked my horn just to get her attention. She said, was that for me? I said, yeah. She said, why? I said, come on and take a ride with the hell of a guy. She said, how do I know you're not sick? You could be some deranged lunatic. I said, come on, toots. My name is the Prince. Besides, what a lunatic to have a Porsche like this. She agreed and we were on our way. She was looking very good, so was I, I must say. Word. We hit McDonald's, pulled into the drive. We ordered two Big Macs. 
and two large fries and cokes. She kicked the shoes off onto the floor. She said, drive fast, speed turns me on. She put her hand on my knee. I put my foot on the gas. We almost got whiplash. I took off so fast. The sunroof was open. The music was high. And this girl's hand was steadily moving up my thigh. She had opened up three buttons on her shirt so far. I guess that's why I didn't notice that police car. We're doing 90 in my mom's new Porsche. And to make this long story short, when the cop pulled me over, I was scared as hell I said I don't have a license, but I drive very well Officer, almost had a heart attack that day Come to find out the girl was a 12-year-old runaway I was arrested, the car was impounded There was no way for me to avoid being grounded My parents had to come off a vacation to get me I'd rather be in jail than to have my father hit me My parents walked in and I got my grip I said, uh, mom, dad, how was your trip? They didn't speak, I said I want to plead my case But my father just shoved me in the car by my face That was a hard ride home I don't know how I survived it They took turns, one would beat me while the other one was driving I can't believe it, I just made a mistake Well, parents are the same no matter time no place So to you other kids all across the land Take it from me, parents just don't understand And Marcus Page Spectacular together. Page, the leader, the lefty, buries the three, and that's how we begin the scoring here tonight. Here's Justin Jackson. Spins, and he finds Page. Second three-point try. Second three-point make. Not a three-point shooter, but in transition, off the bounce. That is a difficult shot. Yogi's making it look easy. Third three-point try. That's three in a row for Marcus Page. And Kelly lost the handle. He seems a little uneasy here to start the game. He's lost a couple of half page again. Oh my goodness. Four in a row. Marcus Page. Handle the basketball. He makes plays. He does a little bit of everything. And like you said, very comfortable with that step back. Page. I tell you, he's having the night of all nights, or at least the start of all starts. Back every now and then. He can't get this one to go. Johnson clears it away. And Caroline moves it. Here's Page for three. Three-point shooting is on point tonight. Yeah, it is, but it's too close to those coaches. Marcus Page, one more three, and it is true, and that is the symbol of the night. And that's Marcus Page night against Indiana on Friday night. Some of the highlights right there. The guy got hot, man. He, he was on fire. It was four for four in the first half. And uh, like I said, he had a lot of a lot of critics that you know that I know of that uh, were against him and saying that he's not that good a player. The guy got hot when it mattered. That's that's really all that matters, you know. Once again, this is Sports Social Ed Easton. Hotline again five one six nine zero zero two two seven eight. You know, it's funny when you watch these games. It really just comes down to who gets hot at the right time. Because all these games are relatively close. You don't really get the blowouts like you've seen in past years. The Indiana game was actually what people consider a blowout. North Carolina got that lead and they, they hung on. Now, granted, a lot of that was because of the, the great shooting of Marcus Page in that game. But the defense was incredible. Just incredible defense all the way around. It's funny when you see, like I said, um, just breaking down some of the games and, and the way 
each team reacted and had different type of runs. Notre Dame, last night's game against North Carolina, went on a bunch of runs. I felt like they got a great game out of, uh, Ju out of Justin Jackson. It was, it was interesting because... I'm, I'm sorry, not just that. Demetrius. Demetrius Jackson. Just had a great game. And he's another one of those players that you just had to, you know, make sure you looked out for, make sure you was watching to see, like, what he was going to do. I think he got, he had, like, an ankle injury earlier in the half, in the second half. Came back and was knocking down shot after shot after shot. And that's really what you need. I mean, you got to keep fighting when it comes to those games. And, like, he's another one that I do want to spotlight. Just the, the different things he's, he brought to keeping that game still close because it, it could have gotten away quickly. Here comes Notre Dame in transition. Let's see if Jackson wants to push it a little bit. Jackson all the way to the hole, and Jackson scores. Early offense or early in the first half that really set the tone for what North Carolina was able to do, and that's put 101 on the board as Jackson answers on the other end with three in the season. And he's had double-doubles in all three games so far, certainly on his way here. And Jackson will fire three, and he hits. Demetrius Jackson. Roy Williams barking out orders. Again, the shot clock gets deep. Jackson can't get inside, but he'll take the jumper, and he pulls up and hits. Play off the ball, which is what Bray likes to do with him. Now Jackson inside, little turnaround. And he gets a friendly roll. Well, that was good defense by Barry. Gets the screen from August. Jackson all the way in with a right hand finish. Good job by Jackson. Going a little bit earlier in that burn offense. And here's Jackson with a three. Got it. Demetrius Jackson. 18 points. His third three-point hit. Get to it. Barry almost picked the pocket of Jackson. Jackson gets him in the air. And then it floated. He is so strong in there. Big basket for the Irish. Farrell. Jackson. There he is with a pull up. Got it. Oh, he's so good coming off screens. Fantastic play by Roy Williams out of the timeout against his own. Jackson gets all the way to the rack and scores. Now was Demetrius Jackson. Even though he scored for he went for 26 in that game against North Carolina, the guy really established himself. He was the main reason why Notre Dame was able to stick around and at one point took the lead in the second half. Albeit it wasn't a big lead, but the fact that he was able to do that and really push his team that to that extra level was a lot to be a lot to be considered. Now, obviously, I told you social media went crazy when it came to the whole Virginia loss to Syracuse. I, you know, look, I'm really you got to give Syracuse his due. Got to give him his due. I mean, the guys really put on a show. It was. One of those situations where you look at the game, you look at the fact, the reason why it's such a big deal was the lead they had. They had such a lead in the game, 15-point lead. Virginia, you got to take care of that. You just got to. There's just no excuse for what happened in that game now. I, I can obviously tell you, Malachi Richardson, who's my next, the next person I want to profile, he got hot. 
He talked about 23 points, 21 in the second half. What more could you could you ask for? I mean, that's the way you handle a situation like that. Your team is on the ropes. Make shots. And Malachi Richardson, that's exactly what he did for Syracuse and another reason why they're heading to the Final Four. Which is pretty powerful, huh? The way that Toby has responded and played. Richardson three. Now, finally, his first field goal of the evening. Michael Benajay. Malachi Richardson right into Gill. Well, instead of settling for threes, something Virginia does not want to do. Good move by Richardson to get three. Yes. Step back three here. Four rebounds for him. Syracuse led earlier by six. Richardson, ninth in his hole. Syracuse. Richardson, three. Richardson got the ball, handcuffed and put up and in. Richardson has gone mad. That's Malachi Richardson. I mean, 23 points. The guy, the second half is I, I, not even a whole second half. The last 10 minutes, he just got hot. And it was funny to me because you saw the matchup and you saw the different ways they were trying to, to guard him and throw people at him. It wasn't much you could do. He was without question on a mission that day. And, hey, you know, it's a tough one for Virginia. You, you caught a guy at the wrong time. Syracuse is moving on. Got to be happy for their fans there. Now, of course, you know I have to get to the guy who was probably the hottest. The hottest in the tournament by far. And, you know, 37 points. Oklahoma, what he hiled. It's <laughs> it's it's kind of funny because I, I have to, I got to get into it. I mean, the guy was unbelievable. He he may be the number one pick. I I, I you know everybody was saying Ben Simmons. I'm going with him for the number one pick, and uh, Lincoln actually, who is a big you know, a big buddy hiled uh, supporter all of a sudden. He also believes he's the number one pick. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how he fares in the Final Four because now everybody knows about him. Everybody's going to be watching him. 2-2 trap. Healed. He's unconscious from there. 46%. Notice where healed is. Yes, I do. Notice where the ball went. <laughs> yes, I did. In the Pac-12 tournament, Spencer's the guy who's going to be a four-year There's Heald with the putback. Oklahoma rebound. Isaiah Cousins, the senior. But he healed. Oh. That's three threes already. <laughs> Cousins, Oklahoma, they'll run. Watch for the spot up threes. But he healed. Recognized it. And there is the shot. <laughs> goodness. My goodness. Ooh, boy. Sizing people up, isn't he? Dorsey. 
Watch for the lobs. They love to do the high screens and the lob. Or you got to watch for Buddy Heald yep, that driving the basket. Christian James is on for Oklahoma. Fade away. Yes. It's inside the arc. James got the weave going now. It's Dorsey on Heald. Little elbow. He got away with it. I don't know if there was really contact, but Dorsey fell back. Healed. There are not enough adjectives. He fouls too, Burn, so he has to be careful. Boy, look at this. Yeah, Bell wasn't ready. Healed was. 5.25 to go. Jumper. The name is Healed. H-I-E-L-D. Seven on the shot clock. 4.23 to go in the game. Are you surprised? And just like Vern Lundquist said, the name is Healed. H-I-E-L-D. Buddy Healed, once again, 37 points in that game. Um, and I go back to what, you know, Kobe Bryant was watching him in that game. And he obviously, you know, was, I guess, influence, and a huge influence for him in there because that's the first thing he brought up. He said, Kobe Bryant's at the game. I got a ball out. And... He definitely did. I don't know if there's any uh, any real, you know, breakdown in regards to what else he did in that game. The guy just took the team, put it on his back. He was taking incredible shots. I mean, the guy was doing these step-back threes like it was nothing. Just great. Just really good stuff. And, hey, you know what? They're going to be a tough out. I'm looking forward to that matchup with Villanova. I really want to see how they how they put that together. But uh, his coach, Lon Kruger, obviously had some stuff he wanted to say right after the game. And here's his uh, interview from right after that game when they won on Saturday. This was after the Oklahoma, after Oklahoma defeated Oregon to advance to the Final Four. Coach Kruger, this is your second trip to the Final Four as a head coach. What will it be like to go with this group of guys behind you? Uh, anytime you have the opportunity to go, but for these guys, I'm so pleased. They've meant so much. They've changed the culture. They've contributed uh, in every way, on the court, off the court. Great ambassadors and outstanding young people and pretty good basketball players. I'd say so, especially this one over here. 37 points for your buddy beside you. What will it be like to coach him in at least one more game? Well, we'd love that, of course. Love all these guys and uh, love to coach them a couple <laughs> more times. And Buddy's been special all year. And most importantly, he's handled it great. You know, he hasn't changed. He's about his teammates, he's about team, and uh, couldn't be more proud for him. Buddy, you said from the moment you stepped on campus at Oklahoma that the goal was to make it to a Final Four. What's it like now that that's becoming a reality? Uh, first, I want to thank God for blessing his team and uh, blessing him with a wonderful coach. You know, he stuck with us for four years, and I'm uh, just surrounded by a great group of guys, and uh, God is good, but now we're going to Houston in the Final Four, and I just can't be more happy than this. The program's fifth ever trip to the Final Four. What would you like to say to the Sooner fans out there? Hey, y'all better be there. Post the board. We got to remind the That was Buddy Heald and Lon Kruger giving their thoughts. Obviously, this is right after the game. Just the uh, the excitement. This is all the excitement you expect from college basketball around this time. And it's it's one of those things where. It's one of those things where, like I said, the matchups are going to be what they are. 
I think Oklahoma is going to be good, but you know, Villanova is not is very beatable still. Even though they made it to the Final Four, they knocked off Kansas. They're going to come in with a lot of confidence. Buddy Hield, if he gets hot at the right time, as always, there's no way of stopping him. And I know he's since he's a senior, he's thinking about his draft stock, so could be a little extra incentive with that as well. On the national stage, that's where to me that's where you should you should judge a draft pick. How does he handle the national stage? Things like that are what people I feel like don't they don't like to judge it as much because they're all thinking about oh well you know he's um they're all thinking about the fact that he's a good player he doesn't have to be on a great team and I'm, I'm going back to the whole Ben Simmons theory he has to prove if he could take a team and take him to that next level and I just didn't see that with LSU so to me he's still a top five pick but he's not number one I know as many people are going to disagree with me, but he's just not number one. To, you have to get to the most elite level in college sports, in my opinion, to really show that you're worth that top of pick in the NBA. Because you're asking the you're asking the person that's getting drafted in that top five to change the entire franchise around. That's a top five pick. That's the job of a top five pick to change the franchise. And if that's not happening, then what's the point? It's things like that you have to consider if you're a fan. Once again, taking your calls, 516-900-2278, at Ed Easton Jr. is the Twitter. Apparently Sprint's having some issues with the uh, network, I'm hearing. I was wondering why my phone wasn't working earlier. I was trying to make a call earlier. It wasn't. Kept dropping. So we hope that's all figured out for the other Sprint people out there, along with myself. I don't want to have to change carriers. I mean, that's, you know, it's always an option. But it's it's one of those situations where you just got to... You got to be ready. All right, I'm just rambling. This is Sports Social Ed Easton. We'll be right back. <laughs> Your mom's hair so nappy, she got to take painkillers to comb my hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yo, 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 later for that. You got what I did, man. Oh, it's over that, baby? How about you, How about you? Yo, 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 Forget them girls, man. What's up? What's up? I got a little story to tell you. Have you ever met a girl that you tried to date? But a year to make love, she wanted you to wait. Let me tell you a story of my situation. I was talking to this girl from the U.S. nation. The way that I met her was on tour at a concert. She had long hair and a short miniskirt. I just got on stage dripping, pouring with sweat. I was walking through the crowd, and guess who I met? I whispered in her ear, come to the picture booth so I can ask you some questions to see if you're 100 proof. I asked her her name, she said, blah, blah, blah. She had nine 
Tim pants and a very big bra I took a couple of flicks since she was enthused I said, how do you like the show? She said I was very amused I started throwing bass, she started throwing back mid-range But when I sprung the question, she acted kind of strange Cause when I asked, do you have a man? She tried to pretend, she said, no I don't I only have a friend Come on, I'm not even going for it This what I'm going to say you got what I need, but you say he's just a friend, and you say he's just a friend. Oh, baby, you got what I need, but you say he's just a friend, but you say he's just a friend. Oh, baby, you got what I need, but you say he's just a friend, but you say he's work for it at this time I thought just having a friend couldn't be no crime cause I have friends and that's a fact like Agnes, Agatha, Jermaine and Jack forget about that let's go into the story about a girl named blah 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 that adore me so we started talking getting familiar spending a lot of time so we can build a relationship or some understanding how it's gonna be in the future we was planning everything sounded so dandy and sweet i had no idea i was in for a treat after this was established everything was cool the tour was over and she went back to school i call every day to see how she was doing every time that i call her it seemed to me was ruined i called the rumor got picked up and then i called her and i said yo who is that oh he's just a friend Classic Bismarcky, just a friend. This is Sports Social Ed Easton. Once again, number 516-900-2278. And I'm looking right now at just some of the stuff because we're only a few days away, actually less than less than a week away from the official start of the baseball season. And I have my worries right now, especially for my Yankees team. One of my big worries is the fact that 
we're looking at a team that, you know, we're trying to find depth. We're trying to find some young pitching, some, you know, young backups because you got the three old guys right now in A-Rod, Beltran, and Teixeira that are still considered the leadership. And that concerns me, especially with the whole thing with um, with Ref Snyder trying to play third base, and he is struggling at third base. It's a, it's a scary thing. He uh, actually took a ball off the off the head in yesterday's game, and you know I don't want to laugh because that's that's rough. He's playing third base. He's trying to to make the team as an alternate third baseman. It's not an easy gig, especially when you've never played the position. You're kind of just being thrown right into it. Now, for a lot of people that are not sure about what I'm talking about. Rob Refsnyder is the top infield prospect for the Yankees. 25 years old. They've been, they've brought him up here and there, you know, last year. But uh, they feel like he's ready to be an everyday guy on this team. And if not an everyday guy, somebody who is a great, you know, player off the bench. Of course, Chase Headley is the starting third baseman for the New York Yankees. There isn't much relief behind him. And Headley, you know, he tends to struggle at times. So the thought was, maybe, you know, maybe try him out. Try him out at third base. See if we could get him some, some play at third base. Doesn't sound like a bad idea. Well, this past weekend, he had uh, two chances at third base. Saturday, I believe, he took he took a ball off the, uh, off the face. Got bloodied, took a bad hop, and when you're playing third base, it, there's a reason why it's known as the hot corner. You gotta be ready for bad bounces. That the ball just, you know, it it flies off the bat down the third base line, especially since there's so many right-handed hitters. A line drive, if you're not ready, can kill you. Third base, you have to have a lot of awareness. You gotta really follow the ball. It's they're playing tricky hops. They, they're playing on a field this past weekend that the ball gave a lot of bad bounces and Ref Snyder just happened to catch the worst of both of them. He left one game bloody. Last Yesterday's game, he also left getting hit. And, you know, it's been a struggle for him. And the sad part about it is he was trying to make the team at that position. And because he had his, his, his issues at third, he really couldn't, you know, be one of those players that could have multiple positions and, and be a flex player. They sent him down to the, uh, back to AAA. Just a rough, rough outing for him. So it's, it's one of those things where you look at what happened, you know, just not getting those opportunities at certain places. He, he's not going to play shortstop. He's definitely not going to play second base after the, the acquisition of, uh, of Starling Castro. It was more of just how, you know, and it was on his birthday. I mean, it's... 
I don't know, man. It's it's one of those rough things that he couldn't make that final bench spot. Will he stay on the team? He could be a guy that could be a trade because he's a good hitter, very good hitter. Just playing the field is such a hassle. You're not going to DH when you have three guys that need the DH. Just a rough situation for the guy. And, you know, we hope he uh, gets back on his feet. But uh, just going back to what I was saying with the with the Yankees and their plans and what they're going to do. It's, it's just going to be one of those things where they're going to stay focused. And, and I believe the Yes Network had this whole thing where they, they actually spoke with uh, Joe Girardi about his thoughts and what he hopes to accomplish in the 2016 season. So I want to hear a little bit of that. This is Joe Girardi talking about his plans for the Yankees in 2016. You know, we have Masahiro Tanaka coming off surgery. We'll make sure that we put him in a situation where he's ready to pitch before we put him in a game. And if it takes a little longer, it takes a little longer. We have Nathan Ivaldi coming off. You know, he was out. You know, he looks good now. He was out the last month and a half in the season. You know, the big thing is that we have five healthy starters when we leave spring training, and, and that's my goal. But, you know, CC pitched really well the last month of the season. He did, and it was kind of what we expected. He, he put the knee brace on and was a different guy. He looks great right now, but we'll, you know, take the five best starters. Girardi was excited to see an influx of farmhands contribute to the team in 2015 and looks forward to what they can do in the future. Well, I, I think we got contributions from all over the place. Let's start with the, the outfield, Slade and Mason Williams. I, I thought both did a very good job. You look at the pitchers that came up, the Severinos, the Rumbelos, the Goodies, the Pazos. Cotham came up and, and helped us. Pinder was up a number of times. And, you know, I think it's important, you know, and I will bring it up tomorrow, that you might be a non-roster player. You may be in double-A and you get sent down but you still have a chance to contribute. Don't be surprised, because we saw a number of players get called up. With three great arms in the bullpen, Girardi named Aroldis Chapman the closer earlier this winter. As I said, he's been a closer most of his career, and it's a position that he has probably been most comfortable in. Where Andrew Miller did it last year, did a tremendous job. Just absolutely a tremendous job. Dellen really hasn't done much of it. Andrew had been a reliever most of his career, you know, setup guy, seventh inning guy, uh, lefty specialist, all those different things. So I thought those two would probably adjust to it better than a Chapman. Alex Rodriguez proved he could still post big numbers in 2015, and Joe Girardi hopes that he can continue to produce at DH in 2016. He is our DH, and we expect him to be productive. I think when you get to the age that he's at, though, every year people are going to ask, is there going to be a decline? If he gets off to a slow start, is this it? I mean, we, I saw it happen with Derek. And, you know, I've seen it happen with a number of players that you, you have to deal with. But that's all part of being an older player. But he'll be ready. Managing the workload of the veterans is a challenge that Girardi is up to this season, and the bench's versatility helps with that. You know, Dustin Ackley becomes very important in giving Tex a day off and giving Castro a day off. Hicks becomes very important in giving every one of our outfielders a day off. So I think the versatility of our, our, our club should help that. As far as goals for this season. Well, our goal is to win the World Series, bottom line. 
I, I appreciate how go- how hard our guys played all year, how they never gave up last year. But you know what? We didn't get to where we wanted. You know, um, we lost the first round of the playoffs. But our goal is to win the World Series. That's why we come to spring training. Once again, I was from the uh, Yes Network in their broadcast doing a pre-show in regards to New York Yankees lineup. That was Joe Girardi, the manager for the New York Yankees, giving his thoughts. And, you know, he also brings up the whole thing with Dustin Ackley. He was um, acquired last year at the train deadline. Didn't really do much last year, but they're expecting a lot more out of him. And that probably goes back into what I was saying with Ref Snyder being moved to AAA. They're probably going to have Ackley playing outfield as well as a little bit of infield because he is that type of flex player that you kind of need in a situation like that. When you don't know, probably even late in games, when you do defensive replacements, um, a lot of a lot of different switching, he's a guy that's very important. Obviously, a lot is being you know put on the on the uh, on the shoulders of Alex Rodriguez to hit again like he did last year. It's just really important. It's uh, really important for the Yankees to um, to get off to that type of that type of start where they can carry on to the season. A lot of people say they don't really care what happens in April baseball. To me, April baseball sets the tone for what's going to happen in maybe June, July. You need to have some type of positive feeling and reassurance going into the season. So I'm personally hoping that the Yankees do get off to a good start and do see like different things and try to try to build on what they did last year. Because that one, let's be honest, if you're a Yankee fan, doing a one-game wild-card playoff loss is not good. It's just not good enough. You can't be excited or happy dealing with that type of situation. Now, in regards to what's going to happen with the Yankees and and how they handle CC Sabathia, they're saying that he's you know he's going to be wearing the the knee brace and that's that's going to help him out. We're going to see. I, I really do believe that he's going to be a major player. They have no choice. They have him on a contract, and his. He has a lot of pride from being a guy who was an elite pitcher for so long. He, he's not trying to think about falling off. That's the bottom line. And I know him. He has to think in his mind that you got to win. It, it, you have to. You got to find a way to win games. Prove the people. Prove people wrong that say you're done. You know, we hope that everything is well with the whole situation in regards to his um his alcohol alcohol problem that he was facing. We hope that they're able to like, you know, to work through it with him because that is a disease. It's a disease that should be taken very seriously and I'm hoping that the Yankees do continue to monitor it. Whether it's home games, road games, just Make sure he's okay. Make sure he's just thinking about baseball. Make sure he's getting the right type of attention because it is a disease and it has to be taken seriously. I know a lot of us don't feel like, you know, it should have been handled during the playoffs last year, during the one-game playoff, because a lot of people are considering that to be a distraction. What wasn't mentioned by Joe Girardi, and I'm going to bring it up, is the whole thing with Jacoby Ellsbury. I want to hear him say we need more out of Jacoby Ellsbury for all the money that we're paying him. The guy's getting he's getting paid over a hundred million dollars to not play in the wild card game. That drove me crazy. 
I don't know how you guys felt about it, but that just, I don't know. It it drove me nuts that people would think that's okay. There's just no way that should be okay. Once again, this is Sports Social 516-900-2278. When I come back, we're still going to continue with the baseball preview. We'll be doing a lot of different previews throughout the week. I want to hear a little bit about the Mets. I know some Mets fans are listening. I'm not going to bash the Mets. I just want to hear a little bit about them. So we're going to check that out as well. Once again, this is Sports Social at Easton. Be right back.
on the case of the PTA. File number 3, 4, 7, 8, 20, 8, 42. Hey, 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 Hello, case of the PTA, leaders of the new school. Once again, this is Sports Social Ed Easton, 516-900-2278. All right, let's talk about those New York Metropolitans. The spotlight, once again, will be on them now. You know, I, I really ranted about it last week. And uh, this week, now that we're heading into Sunday's big game, their big rematch, you know, obviously it's not going to be for the title again, but against... The Kansas City Royals, they get to watch the Royals get their rings in front of them. They will be playing in Kansas City. I'm curious to see how the Mets will react to this. I want to see, like, what what they're going to be thinking about. What is the plan? Will there be a situation in regards to, like, you know, how how are they going to handle the pressure... I do believe personally they're they're not enough there's just not enough there. There's just not enough there for for them to really get too excited and yet too upset about because we don't know what's going to happen with Matt Harvey. Is this, is he going to get a new contract? Is he not? As much as we say oh we're not going to think that's a big deal, we don't think that's going to be a distraction. That's going to be a distraction heading into the season. There's just no way people can just say, oh, that's not going to mean anything. That's going to mean a lot. You have to you have to really look at it that way. I mean, I, I like the fact that the Mets have a buzz. I worry about what the team does, no matter the pressure is on them. What the team does, knowing the fact that you got basically David Wright and you don't know how much of him you do have you want assessment as can he at all even a little bit try to uh, build off of what was done last year He at the same time there was some concern whether or not whether they want to resign him because of his situation with the contract he didn't play well particularly in the in the uh, World Series It's more of a what have you done for me lately type of situation with the with the Yoenis Cespedes thing. It, it, you know, I want to see the Mets do well. I, I still pick them as winning the NL East. I know a lot of people are jumping back on the Nationals bandwagon because of, of Daniel Murphy. But Daniel Murphy's another one of those guys that I feel like just got hot at the right time. That's it. I, I was kind of happy the Mets did not want to pursue bringing back Murphy, and you know, I, I really felt good about that. And I'm not a Mets fan, but I thought that was the best decision they could make because the guy was a liability defensively, and there's a problem. It was really a problem, so you know you gotta look at it for what it is. I think they have with uh, Walker a better, a much better second baseman. The guy that knows the position, the guy can hit from both sides of the plate. 
Cabrera is a uh, interesting situation too because I think he's going to be the regular starting shortstop. Tejada was sent off. They they gave him his walking papers. He's actually in a uh, in a he's in a Cardinals uniform and he played against the Mets recently in a spring training game. Wilbur Flores, they want to try him at first base a little bit. Flores, you know, he's not too slick with the glove, but first base could probably be a better fit for him just in case, you know, you have the issues with Lucas Duda again. Lucas Duda is one of those players that he's a great hitter when he's hot, but when he's cold, man, he's as cold as it gets, and he's not the best fielder in the world, as Mets fans noticed in the World Series. But uh, just to get a, give a little, like, insight, Matt Harvey will be the starting pitcher for opening day. I think it's great. And, you know, it's just something that you need to have consistency going into the season. So knowing that you have Matt Harvey starting again, playing from the beginning of the season, not worrying about pitch counts as often, the possibility of getting Wheeler back, around maybe June. You got to, and then you still have Bartolo Colon as like that, that security blanket, a guy you could throw in easily as your fifth starter, can easily be a long guy out of bullpen. They showed his versatility during the playoffs last year. I think bringing back Bartolo Colon was a great idea. And you have such a young staff to have a guy that's grizzled and old as a Bartolo Colon, who's still a character, is something that you need. He's great for the clubhouse from what I'm hearing. He's a guy you got to bring back, so it made it, it definitely made perfect sense to spend the money and uh, bring back Bartolo Colon. Got to keep the synergy up in that in that rotation. So you know this is this is what we're looking at for the Mets, and and just to give you like a little quick insight, a little bit of a sound bite. Here's Matt Harvey. He spoke with reporters. This is after his first spring start earlier in the month, and uh, just to get an idea of where he's at as a pitcher because obviously he's not going to get that many starts in uh, spring training but this was one of his things that he said after his, uh, his uh, first spring start earlier in the month Matt how'd you feel out there today? Feels alright it's good to um, get back and, and face another team and, and get some get in some situations that you know are, are tough to do during just a live BP so it was uh, it's always good to get back I mean that, that means we're getting closer to uh, the regular season and Body felt great, my arm felt great, and you know there's a couple things I need to work on, but you know that's what spring training's for. What do you look to accomplish in your first spring start, and how is it different than last year when obviously there was more to that first spring start? Well, I think just you know getting out there and getting your feet wet again, and, and you know obviously we uh, you know haven't faced competition since our last game, so you know that's what sorry that's what uh, spring training is. You know you, you go out and um, you know work on stuff that you normally wouldn't work on during the season and, and you know really try and just get everything as sharp as possible. How many sliders would you say you, you threw today? I threw quite a bit today. Um, I was you know I think one thing I've been working on is trying to start it off with a strike back door and, and you know I felt I threw a couple good ones today and um, I think getting good rotation on it, I think just throwing it a lot more and getting used to, to doing different things with it is is uh, something that you know, I'm trying to get used to now. You feel like that pitch is way back from where it yeah, was. Yeah, I definitely think it uh, feels, feels right where it needs to be. I think just making it a little bit sharper and, and 
you know, I think with the location, I think just throwing it more and getting used to facing a hitter and, and using it is, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, what spring training is about. Think back to last year, your first spring start, you're obviously very amped up for that. I mean, what is the difference just going into this one, how you feel mentally even more than physically? Well, I think as you get older and, and you get into more spring trainings, I think you realize how how long it is uh, until the season actually starts and also how um, you know how how long into the season that we want to go um, you know I think obviously last year starting I was pretty excited to get back in there and um, you know let it all out but I think as far as uh, you know this spring training I definitely think we all realize that there's still a lot, a lot of time to go and, and uh, you know work to be done in, in order to get where you need to be and, and uh, obviously the, the end result is pitching into November so that's that's obviously a bunch of months away so we, we realize that and we're just trying to get our work in. And that's Matt Harvey just talking to reporters basically how he's feeling in the spring. Obviously the season starts this Sunday and uh, it's it's really he made some points obviously just breaking off the rust you know they haven't pitched in so long and when you do live BP it's not the same as pitching in a game when you have to deal with game situations and and just the elements of worrying about base runners worrying about you know, different batters, scouting reports. It isn't just you're just not throwing to random people on your team. It's it's really a different feel to it. And uh, I think that's one of the things he wanted to, you know, put out there. He's the bulldog of this team. Whether he's controversial or not, the guy is the bulldog of this team. You got great pitchers in DeGrom. You got a great pitcher in Syndergaard. Um, Matt's a good pitcher. But when it comes down to that grit and that guy you want to put out there in the fire, and he's he's ready to go out there and challenge people, and you know, that's one thing I love about Harvey. I, and me personally, I'm jealous. I wish he was a Yankee. The guy is a is a winner. He wants to go out there. Now we can always be controversial about how he ended the season off in terms of the World Series and not wanting to come out. I think he has every right as the pitcher to be vocal about wanting to stay in, but the manager has to be tougher in the sense to say you're gonna sit down anyway. I appreciate the enthusiasm, but you'll take a seat. Now, some people may, you know, agree, disagree. That's how I feel. I feel like you have the right as the manager, because your job is to manage the game, to overrule your player. But I feel like it's still good for the player to show that he has that fire, that he wants to win the game. Now, when you look at Matt Harvey... The guy, you know, he's been healthy. When he's healthy, he's unbeatable. He's, you know, Harvey Day, all that stuff, the hype. He lives for it. A lot of people say they don't want the hype. They don't want that pressure. He lives for that pressure. And what better pitcher do you want, especially in New York City? This is why he won't leave New York City. Even if he's not a Met, he will not leave New York City. The market, the, the nightlife, it, this is what he's about right now. Derek Jeter did it for years. But let Matt Harvey have his fun. And that's what I'm happy about when you look at the Mets is the fact that there is that type of stability, they, especially with the pitching that they wanted to have. But that bullpen is a different story. Will Blevins be good? Will he stay healthy? Will he not, you know, hurt himself again? 
I don't know. These are things that I continue to just wonder about and why I just can't see the Mets 100% going back to the series because I like the Cubs a lot. I think the Cubs made adjustments in the right places. They added the right type of players. And that is going to be huge for them. I look at the Chicago Cubs as my favorite. Mets are number two in the National League overall, in my opinion. I mean, when you got players like, you know, uh, you have Bryant, obviously, Chris Bryant, a great player. You got Rizzo, Radisson, Addison Russell, I'm sorry, not Radisson, Addison Russell. They're just a young core, and it's just going to be fun to see those two, you know, go at it for a while. I'm really looking forward to that. I want more matchups with the Cubs and Mets being showcased because they were a lot of fun, and they're two teams that, that just deserve to be profiled a lot more. And I can see that being a matchup that we can talk about as being like a rivalry in the future. Some may agree, some may not. Who knows? Bottom line, Mets, they're on the right direction. I just want Mets fans to, to cheer within reason. I know it's a different word for y'all, but cheer within reason. That's really it. Mets fans, enjoy. I know it's been a while. So take it all in. Once again, 516-900-2278 at Ed Easton Jr. on Twitter. Um, we also want to shout out to, uh, to uh, people listening because we actually um, this show is available on podcast with its SoundCloud or the easiest way, I think, is go through TuneIn Radio. You can check that out. Just search uh, Sports Social with Ed Easton. It will pop up all the episodes. So if you have TuneIn Radio, we're on there now. Uh, you know, of course, Soundcast FM live every day, Monday through Thursday, I should say. <laughs> Not every day. Monday through Thursday from 1 to 3 p.m. It's definitely, definitely, like, appreciated for everybody that does check it out or does download the show. Or just stream it, like I said, on TuneIn Radio. But uh, once again, let's take a we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton. Yeah. I 
get exotic with the melodic tune. I get hypnotic with the moon, but you got to put me down soon. I flip a sideshow if you come my way. Up, down, and around, even sideways. I'm about as ready as the light can get. We can go all out. I ain't afraid of the sweat, but yet. I bet you got the techniques to freak a girl inside out. What's that all about? Can I have some of that? You gotta put me on. Word around town is your nine men strong. I wanna be put on in the worst way. Since the first day, I think it was a Thursday. You be that brother that I wanna sink my teeth in. Make me wanna ask, where the hell you been? I like the way you be with all that personality. But I got flavor too. You need to go to me. Clothes, look at the cut coupons. On Creek got the heat so bluffy. Slang it as he's because it's more than 20 duck. It's struck it. Kinda rich now, his pockets looking straight. Slam the D's on the Benzo pancake by the gate. Mom's looking straight with her half. She got great lounging in her new home. That's about the state. I'll be your core mail motel. You can get it when you want it, even though you got chicks all up on it. Don't matter, cause brother, you fly. I can't lie. I've been macking daddy from the corner of my eye. Now, yeah. baby, bring it on. Don't be frontin' on your baby. Boo, all I wanna know is what's up with you. How can I get with you? Seems like you gotta hold on me and must be voodoo. Cause baby, I want you. I wanna be down, down with you. Yeah. yeah. About so big, uh-huh. about so small, yeah. about this length, uh-huh. about this width, uh-huh. about this flow, Word. about this gift. Yeah. Instinct me and me right up your alleyway. Skip the moet, let's chill with some Alize. Enough stress in our day. Let me massage your mind as my mental starts to play. A ghetto sauce who you are, and I'll be your sexual chocolate ball. And I gotta keep strong for the cause, and you gotta keep strong for the tours. Brother man and me, damn the family. What else could we be with no one understands up but me? You were the first to tame me. Uh, big teeth. I'm out. I wanna be Classic Brandy, I Want to Be Down remix with MC Light, Yo-Yo, and Queen Latifah. That was all the way back in 1994. Wow, 1994. That's a wow. But once again, it's the Sports Social. I'm Ed Easton. And, you know, I'm going to move on now to the uh, NBA. And, obviously, the biggest thing that really everybody's been talking about, besides the Warriors chasing 
the infamous 96 Bulls for 72 wins. They had a very interesting game. They had the biggest like difference between win percentage and losing percentage in, in matchup. Probably NBA history gets the Philadelphia 76ers, who they beat, obviously, with uh, the Sixers were at Golden State. I, I don't think anybody had to give them a snowball's chance of winning that game. But uh, Golden State took care of business, won that game. Uh, Clay Thompson, 40 points, back-to-back 40-point games. First player to do over 40 points from a Warriors player not named Steph Curry since. Are you ready for this? Antoine Jameson from North Carolina. Yeah, remember he scored 50 points back-to-back games for the Golden State Warriors back in 2000. So, looking at the NBA now, looking at the schedule, starting to wind down. A couple of things people are talking about. The main thing is uh, Kobe Bryant. This is his uh, goodbye tour. I think he's about down to the final nine or ten games. LeBron James, as always, what he wants to do next season. And the uh, triple-double he put on the Knicks the other day on Saturday. The Knicks are now officially, yes, even though we, we all knew this two or three weeks ago, but they are officially mathematically ineligible to make the playoffs this season. It is over for them. No more, no playoffs, nothing. They get nothing. So, with that being said, now we, you know, what happens with Carmelo that becomes a saga? Is he going to recruit more players like he says he is? Or is he going to go back on his word and try to ask to be traded? That whole thing is going to start. Rambus, is he coming back? Does it depend on what happens these last couple of meaningless games? It's a lot. It's a lot to really consider. If you're a, if you're a Knicks fan like myself, we want to make sure... That we're secure for the future, obviously, but Porzingis is all we have to really hang our hats on. We have Chris Stapps. I never thought I'd be saying that, especially after last year with the uh, the draft and how we were booing him at the draft. Chris Stapps, Porzingis, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I'm excited to see how it all come, how it all turns out. I do think that this is a good time for Carmelo to really prove that is he a good GM for, you know, like that player GM in a sense that people will be drawn to play with him. Because he says he's going to be at the head of the table. I just want to know how good is your name, Melo? Syracuse is winning. Can you help the Knicks win? The other big story in the NBA, Blake Griffin. Cleared to play. He has begun his suspension. I think yesterday was the first day of his suspension. Remember, he had he was injured for two different things. The second injury was his own for uh, punching his uh, a member of the Clippers staff, which was a friend of his. Apparently, he got into a disagreement, broke his hand, so he was out for a while. Now he has to be suspended because. That was the rule. Like, once he's cleared to play, he has to serve a four-game suspension. So, the final seven games of the year, he will be available. And I think that's that's about right. It gives him time to, to get ready, get warmed up, and and uh, hopefully can be a beast in the playoffs like he was last year. At least that's what Doc Rivers is hoping. Clippers will be interesting, man. I, I don't... Every year, they give you something different. You think that they could be the team that has the most talent. They trade away Lance, uh, Lance Stevenson as well as Josh Smith after after they were big acquisitions in the offseason. I mean, this is incredible that 
if you're Lance Stevenson and Josh, if they're still going to be in the playoffs because Memphis is going to be a playoff team. Houston most likely is going to be a playoff team. It's, uh, it's interesting. It should be very funny. It, it'll be funny to watch how the playoff match matchups just, you know, they situate themselves. Popovich is doing Popovich things again. I, I, <laughs> Saturday was the big matchup. Everybody thought it was going to be between San Antonio and Oklahoma City. At least not according to uh, Greg Popovich. He saw that as a specific rest day for his uh, top player. So his top four guys, that means Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, LaMarcus Aldridge, and in my opinion, the leading candidate for MVP, Kawhi Leonard, were all having a rest day against the Oklahoma City Thunder. What a Saturday night primetime game. Vintage Greg Popovich. But hey, you know, this is why he's Greg Popovich. He does what he, does what he wants to do because it's his team. He's worried about the playoffs. He doesn't care. The Warriors can have the number one seed. That's basically what he's saying. He has no fear in going into Golden State for a game seven. I mean, they handed the uh, Warriors a pretty big loss the other day. Even though it was in San Antonio, they've shown they're not afraid to play Golden State at full strength. And I, you know, I look at the Spurs and, and I always give them the benefit of the doubt. Everybody you recruit, everybody you bring into their organization has to play within the system that, that is just Popovich. There is no debating that or you'll end up like Steven Jackson a week before the playoffs cut for Tracy McGrady. And that's it. That's really all it comes down to. I want to give, you know, uh, definitely another another thought if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan because I'm basically just going through the NBA right now. They had a big win over Cleveland. Got to give them credit. And also a big win over Indiana. Could Brooklyn be onto something? They're actually featuring Brook Lopez a lot more. Is that something that even though people have been saying for the last, I don't know, six years, they're actually doing it? Brooke Lopez, the featured player for the Brooklyn Nets. What a thought. So now, the Nets are obviously messing up the lottery hopes for the Boston Celtics who own that pick. And isn't that what it's all about? If the pick is not going to be yours, why not win the whole rest of the, the rest of the regular season? Same thing I say with the Knicks. If it's not going to be your pick anyway, just win the rest of the games. Play spoiler for everyone. There's nothing to tank for. Last year was your tanking year. Last year, you were supposed to tank as much as possible. And we got Chris Stapps. Let's see what we have here. If you're a Knicks fan, you should be happy with the fact that this is a better team than they were last year. The Nets. There's a plan. Don't know what the plan is, but there's a plan. I mean, you could be like the 76er fans who go into different arenas and chant, trust the process. 
Sixer fans, I give you a lot of credit. The fact that you guys are okay with losing all these years. I think that's incredible. They're like, they're just like, okay, trust the process. This is a chance, real a real chance, people. Trust the process. You're paying money to see a D-League team play against NBA talent, and you're saying trust the process. I, like I said, I can't really knock it. Only because that's the fan base. That's really all I can say. I, I I look at the situation and the first thing I'm thinking about is if you're a 76ers fan, you know, Jaleel Okafor, the, the rumor is he may leave. If Jaleel Okafor leaves, Joel Embiid, will he be ready eventually? I, I think a lot of people forgot Joel Embiid is still on that team. Two years has not played a game because of his injury. I mean, doesn't that like at all just bother you a little bit if you're a uh, if you're a Sixers fan? It's one thing to be trustworthy and you know trusting the process. I say again in quotations, but don't you want to win? I always thought that was a big priority for people, but apparently it's not. And you hate the you hate the fact that the fan base doesn't doesn't really know what they want to do with their team. They just don't know. Last thing I want to bring up about the NBA, and it's definitely a sad note: the whole situation with um with Craig Sager. Craig, you know, was diagnosed with cancer. I think it was almost two years ago. And it's just sad for what he's dealing with. It's almost like it's, it's as cruel as he gets for a guy that's been a, a huge um, part of the NBA, especially with Turner Sports the different suits and everything, a really good guy. You know, you heard a different report saying that he may have only three to six months to live. That's as troubling as it gets, and I I, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to, you know, how to put in the words, but uh, this is, we, we had the whole big, you know, real sports thing, they had the clip of him talking about his cancer is no longer in remission. It's a, uh, it's sad, you know. It's sad. Like you always hope that he would get better. He would come back here and there. He said he's gonna continue working regardless of his situation, and that's all he knows. That's really all he knows, and it's like I said, heart goes out to the to the um, Sager family.
Greg Popovich, who's always been a guy that's clowned on Craig Sager, and he's been his biggest supporter. He spoke to Real Sports in a bonus clip from HBO. So I uh, just want to take a quick listen to that. It's, it's not exactly a bulletin that you're not a fan of these mid-game interviews. <laughs> but there seems to be a certain affection, a certain something, when it's Craig Sager that's talking to you. You're correct. Uh, he's just been such a genuine person who really does love the NBA and he loves the game and it comes through and you, and you know that uh, even though he does what he does design and fashion wise uh, you know it's part of the shtick uh, but his questions are always sensible uh, they're answerable and he does it with fun he does it with humor and so I react to that uh, very positively, so we have a good time together. Charles Barkley, you know the name? <laughs> I've heard of him. He says Craig Sager dresses like a pimp, and Kevin <laughs> and Kevin Garnett says he looks like a Christmas ornament. Do you have a fashion assessment of uh, of his outfits? I, I think Charles' pimp comment would come as closely as as possible to to the real deal, but uh, he also uh, has a, a color scheme. It's not just the style, but the color scheme is, is dangerous. <laughs> you, you have to be very careful about, as you look at him, it can't be too quick. It's got to be slow so your eyes can adjust. Are you looking forward to the chat you're going to have with Sager tonight? I, you know, I'll, what I'll really enjoy is the pregame, because we'll laugh and we'll joke and we'll talk about a lot of things in the pregame. Uh, but during the game, I don't like it much because it takes me away from my team. But it's Sager. That makes it livable. And that was his uh that was Popovich giving his thoughts to uh HBO and Real Sports in regards to Craig Sager. And it was like it was comical because he he always has a lot of fun with Craig Sager on the on the sidelines and and you know it's during this tough situation you go you think positive thoughts. So once again, heart goes out to his family and just you you gotta stay positive for a lot of people that are going through cancer and you know the families that it affects. So that's one of the things that you want to have just in the back of your mind. Just that's it's really all it is. Now, what we're going to do once again is uh, take another break. If you want to chime in on anything sports related, this is Sports Social Ed Easton. Call me up 516-900-2278. And uh, also, you know, a lot I've been getting like messages about people just requesting songs and I'm not really a, a music show for that matter but I like to play like random hits from the 80s and 90s or even early 2000s so here's another request and I'm going to play it a lot of people are going to be surprised that I'm playing this song but you know what it was requested this is Sports Social Eddie so we'll be right back
Bye 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 in sync. That was a request right there for Sports Social once again. And you know, like I said, I take these requests not all the time. Some of them I, I can put on, some of them I can't. So it is what it is. Once again, if you have requests, I usually get a lot of them via Twitter or via text for people that know me, which is kind of odd. Um at Ed Easton Jr. on Twitter. Also, the hotline is what it is, 516-900-2278. Now, I've reached the part of the show where I usually start to start to end it off. Like, give a little final thought. And my final thought for today is, well, since it is a Monday, I'm as people may know or may not have known if it's your first time listening, I'm a wrestling fan. There's a show going on not too far from the Soundcast Studios. Monday Night Raw is going to be taking place at Barclays Center tonight. I will definitely be in the building. Probably my last chance to see The Undertaker. Who will be retiring. That's what a lot of people are saying. That's the rumor. But you know what I say? It could be storyline. Story it couldn't be. You never know. But um, I'm going to take this opportunity to go see it. Haven't been to a WWE show in a while. So, thought it be, could be a little bit of fun. Hoping for some surprises. Maybe The Rock shows up. You never know. It's Brooklyn. Anything could happen. That's the way WWE always says it. In Brooklyn, anything could happen. So, looking forward to the show tonight. The crowds are usually insane. Like, I love, you know, fellow wrestling fans. Just for the simple fact that everybody, if you know the storylines, you know the history of WWE, you all, you bring your own little twist to it. So I'm looking forward to that. This is obviously on the, the final stop for Raw on the road to WrestleMania, which takes place this Sunday in Dallas, Texas. 
I'm gonna have Dr. Black stop by studio probably on Thursday to give his full insight. We're gonna do a full preview. I'm talking about match for match. Take a lot of calls on that because we're gonna reach out to the full wrestling community on Thursday. So be ready for that. And just really give our thoughts. I mean, there's there's so much going on in regards to uh, WWE behind the scenes and, you know, people injured and the Hall of Fame, etc. Who are they going to grab now? They're signing people left and right just to fill up spots. Think about where rest the WWE would be without AJ Styles right now. The guy's an automatic draw. And he's as advertised and better. So I'm looking forward to seeing him, Jericho, the whole roster. I'm hoping it's a great show tonight. Tickets are not cheap, so hoping it's a great show. Now, I, I'm i going to probably leave you guys off on a, on a very interesting show. I mean, a very interesting song. Just out of simple fact that it is the 20th anniversary of this group. So it's only right that I, you know, I, I close the show playing this song. Bear with me for all my hip-hop heads. I love all music. Not just hip-hop. Love R&B. Love rock music. Love pop. Reggae. Soca. You name it. I play a little bit of everything on this show. So once again... With that being said, I'm going to play another song from a group that's going to is celebrating their 20th anniversary. 20th anniversary, and it's a bit of a surprise for me. It makes me feel really old, the fact that they're 20 years in, and they're actually doing a tour because of their 20th anniversary. But it's only right that I end the show with this song. I want to thank everybody again for listening. Uh, check the show out on SoundCloud as well as on TuneIn Radio for updates. And uh, once again, just search Sports Social. It should pop up. You'll see the logo. You'll see the uh, times and all. So just check it out. All eight episodes will be up on there. And uh, we end off on this song. Once again, we end off on this group. They're celebrating their 20th anniversary. They're going to have a tour regarding it. I know my sister and a whole bunch of people will be probably going to it. But uh, here we go, Spice Girls. We're out of here. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton. Catch you tomorrow.